It is early December. The alarm goes off in the morning. The little light that has managed to penetrate the thick deck of clouds hardly illuminates your bedroom, which is still mostly dark. You need a distraction from this darkness in order to get out of bed, so you roll over and pick up your phone. You decide to check on the state of the world before getting ready to start your day. One of the world's biggest oil producers is leading the Global Climate Summit, you learn. Three quarters of Gazans have been displaced from their homes. Political scholars warn about the rise of fascism in the United States. You decide you need a distraction from the news because it's not helping you get out of bed. So you decide to think about something nice. Christmas is coming, and that's nice. You run through a list of the people that you think about during the holidays in your head. And you think about the nice things you want to do for them and the presents you want to buy for them. And then you remember your credit card balance. After a year when everything has gotten more expensive, you remember that your address list for your holiday cards is out of date, and you don't know where that person lives anymore. And you think about all the cooking that you're going to have to do, and the recipes you have to look up. And so you decide that you need a distraction from Christmas. So you think about the true meaning of Christmas, the birth of Jesus. You remember how, as a kid, that gospel story touched you so deeply. How, no matter how much our society and our culture tries to domesticate it, to diminish it, it has always been for you a wild revelation of God's grace in the world. And then you also remember, when you were a kid, that sermon that that pastor at your childhood church preached that made you feel so terrible, it made you feel smaller. It was judgmental, and it didn't reflect at all the Jesus that you know today. And then you remember that most of your family still goes to that church and all the people you knew and grew up with, and even though they're great people, you just don't agree with that interpretation of Scripture. And then you remember that this Christmas, Tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of Americans will hear sermons just like that. So after all of these distractions, you decide to do the only thing that any faithful and rational person would do. You hit the snooze button. <laughs> Except you didn't. Because you're here. On a rainy, dark December morning, you have decided to stay awake and come to church. If you're watching the live stream, you fumbled with your computer or with your phone through technology in order to be with us virtually. If you're listening on the podcast, you decided this Advent to listen to a sermon when you could have been listening to that Mariah Carey Christmas song again. Against all the odds, 
you decided to be awake, to resist the urge to fall back into the comfort of slumber, and instead to be awake to God, to be awake to reality. It's not easy, but it's what Christians must do. And it's what the gospel says that we must do. In the gospel passage that we heard from Mark, Jesus tells us to do just that. After listing all of the horrible things that are going to happen, he tells his followers to keep awake. That is what he says to us all. Keep awake. It's an interesting word that he uses. Awakeness, aliveness, watching. It's a funny way of putting it, too, isn't it? Now, what if you thought about Christianity as a practice of being awake? Being awake when it's so easy to fall asleep. Being awake when there are so many distractions out there that would bid you away from reality the way that it is. Being awake when it's actually what's needed most for you, in spite of the fact that it's hard. The original Greek in this passage uses an interesting word. The word is gregorete. It often means, in addition to being awake, to keep watch, like soldiers watching out for an enemy. Incidentally, it's also where we get our name Gregory from. Gregory means watchkeeper. In the ancient world, watchkeepers were a common thing, but we have them still today. Some of them are in our congregation itself. Nurses and healthcare providers keep watch with the sick in hospitals and facilities when they need it. People who work in the military and security services keep watch against enemies the same way that our ancient forebears did. NASA is keeping watch in the night sky, looking for all kinds of things. And they even produce mechanical watchkeepers like the James Webb Space Telescope to keep watch for us. Watchkeeping is something that still happens today. And it's one of the things that we think about and practice and return to in this season of Advent, the four Sundays before Christmas. For centuries, Christians have returned to keeping watch, keeping vigil, as part of a preparation for the coming of Jesus into our lives in incarnate form. And there's a reason why. It's because it's hard to stay awake. Jesus tells his followers in these parables some examples of what happens when you don't stay awake, but we all understand why. We all get sleepy or tired or distracted. But on an even deeper level, it's disturbing to be awake. It's hard to see everything that is going on in the world, in other people's lives, or even in our own life. And so as time goes on, we start to make compromises with ourselves and with those we love. We give up this and that, and we stop keeping vigil. We allow ourselves to become distracted by the 
incredible architecture of distraction that exists in our society. It is truly remarkable. We carry little distractions along with us in our pocket so that they can be at the ready at any given moment. I've lived in New York long enough to remember when riding the subway oftentimes felt like sitting in a library when people would be reading books. And now most often when I look over, someone's playing Candy Crush on their phone. That has an effect on the way that we see the world, not just individually, but as a people. We become accustomed to being distracted. And when you're distracted, terrible things can happen. You miss what's actually going on. And you are no longer awake to the reality that God has placed you inside of. And so that's why in this season of Advent, we return to watchkeeping. We strive to be awake yet again. And because we are gluttons for punishment, we choose to do it in the month of December, the coldest, darkest month of the year. But by God's power, you can do it. You can stay awake. Let me give you a couple of suggestions for how that we as Christians, individually and as a community, can be awake. Here are three things that you might want to contemplate experimenting with this Advent. The first step to staying awake is pretty simple. It's actually as simple as the other two. It's prayer. The best way to stay awake is to pray. And the best time of the year to pray is December. Why? Because there is no time to pray in December. There's too much other stuff to do. But you see, there's an old adage in the meditation community that everyone should sit for 20 minutes a day. And people who don't have 20 minutes to sit should sit for 40 minutes. That's so true. We begin to think that things in our lives are so important and take up so much time that we need to sacrifice the very thing that gives us reality. Prayer connects you to reality. So many people in our congregation have amazing spiritual and prayer disciplines, things that I could only aspire to sometime in another lifetime. If that's something that you do, God bless you. Keep it up, and maybe encourage the rest of us to come along with you, because we need it. If having a prayer discipline is something that you've thought about but never really tried before, now is actually a great time to do it. And if you need some help, you can always speak to anyone in our congregation who has some experience with it. But having a prayer discipline can be something as easy as setting an intention to spend five minutes every morning just in silence, or reading scripture, or reading some prayers from the prayer book. It's a lot easier than you think, and it can change your life. All of a sudden, you find yourself no longer wanting to play Candy Crush on the subway, but rather thinking about things that really matter. So the first suggestion is prayer. Because prayer opens up the heart and the mind and the spirit. And once those things are open, then we can do the second thing, the thing that Jesus 
tells us to do in this gospel. Watch for the signs. Watch for the signs. Jesus tells his followers in this passage that in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from the heavens and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. That sounds so scary. And it's also a little bit hyperbolic. Do you think that you wouldn't notice if the sun were being darkened or the moon stopped giving its light and if the stars started falling from the heavens and if the powers of the heavens were shaken? Do you think that we really wouldn't notice that? Well, of course we wouldn't, because we are so easily distracted. All the things happening in the world, they're because we caused them to happen. And they're continuing to happen because the rest of us allow them to continue to happen. The most obvious example, of course, is the climate crisis. It's not really that different from what Jesus talks about in the gospel. It's estimated that by 2050, the United States will have an average temperature that's fully 10 degrees higher than it was in 1980. That's the equivalent of the sun stopping to give its light, or the sun actually being darkened and the moon stopping to give its light. And yet, it persists. Why? Because we're so distracted. And because we've stopped looking for the signs. You know, I talk a lot about big picture issues when I'm preaching because they matter to all of us and because I so seldom hear Christian voices speaking out about these things that matter so much. But sometimes you can feel small in the face of huge challenges. But that's no big deal because there are plenty of signs to look for in every other part of your life. You know the signs of things that are happening among people that you love. You know when someone around you is having a hard time, needs some words of encouragement. You might even know the signs in yourself. One of the reasons that we distract ourselves so much from reality is because, well, it's so difficult to look in the mirror. But you know deep down what it is that you have to do to help yourself. If you pray and sit with God, and if you allow yourself to be open to the signs of reality, then you can also have the courage to know what it is that you have to do to make a change, even if it's a small one, for yourself and that will benefit everyone around you. So look for the signs. The third suggestion I have for this Advent builds on the other two. After you've prayed and you've seen the signs, then it's time to act. Now, this time of year can seem like it's a time of constant action. There is always so much to do, and I don't care who you are or what your holiday plans are, there is something that is on your list of things to do right now. But don't confuse a list of things to do with holy action. Things to do are reactions to outside stimulus. Holy action is something that you are called to do by God and that God gives you the strength to do in the world. 
You've seen the signs, and now it's time to do something. December, once again, can seem like a contradictory time to take on something new or to make a change. But for all the reasons I've talked about, I actually think it's a great time to do it. Because unlike the rest of the time of the world, this is a time when it actually looks a lot like what Jesus is talking about. It's a period of time that's outside of ordinary time. And since everything is a little bit different, it's not that hard for you to slip a little something extra in. Maybe as the year ends and you're thinking about your finances, you find that you have a little bit of extra money left over, and you decide to support an organization or a cause or even this church in a way that you haven't before. Maybe because it's the holidays, it's actually a really good excuse to reach out to that person you haven't spoken to in a long time that you know needs your help and support. Or maybe it's actually a great time for you to change the rhythm of your own life, to more closely reflect your own values and the things that you know that you want and need to do in the world. So prayer, watching for the signs, and action. Jesus tells us to keep awake. Jesus tells us to keep watch. Now is the time to do these things for his sake and for our own. Amen.